0: Now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station.
1: Hey Adam, it's time for Notes on Your Notes.
0: What happened, Josh? You got some friends that are gender roles reversed?
1: Yeah, actually, yeah. A friend of mine was telling me about the situation that he knew of where, you know, the this guy and this gal were married and happy and everything's going great and, you know, loving life. Mm-hmm. And then the husband goes, you know, honey, it's been, you know, we've been together for five, seven years, whatever it was. And he's like, you know, you know, I, I'd really like to start a family now. And she's like, no, 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 I'm I'm good. And so, you know, another year or so, you know, time, right, would change everything. And he goes back in, he's like, really, I really want to start a family with you. And she's like, no, I really, it's not part of what I want to create, but thanks for asking. And here they are, husband and wife. And so he got to a point where he felt like he, he actually filed for a divorce. Right. And when
0: you, what was interesting to me is you said you relayed this story to women, your female friends.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and they didn't know what to think. Because right. there, there's no reference point for it. And culturally speaking, like it's very easy. Like when the usual scenario plays out, which is, you know, the girl wants to have start a family and the guy doesn't. And he says no. And the girl leaves the relationship. And then most of the time, most people, 100% of women, most guys will go, good for the girl. Get what she wants, right? It's culturally supported to do that. It's like if the guy's not ready, screw him, you know. Find out. Get get what you want in life.
0: If you have a drive to have a child, you should go do that because it's yeah. an important part of life.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and so culturally, yeah. we support that choice. But when it's reversal, like at least the women I shared it with, they were like, oh.
0: Right, and and when I heard about this, I was a little surprised because I thought, you know, of all genders, because many women go through this experience of that, desire, that strong desire to have a child, mm-hmm. particularly in their 30s, mm-hmm. um, they would have empathy for him and you felt like that was not the emotion that was coming out not that. at all it was just like confusion disorientation <laughs> like huh right which yeah. is surprising mm-hmm. um something that was more interesting to me though that we yes. said when we talked about this was that yes why would someone give up something so deep in a relationship as sorry, something so meaningful as a relationship for something external, you know, a child having a child.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Cause it affects the external life to such
0: a high degree. Yes. Uh-huh. and it's ex- So m- my reaction to that, to that was that the desire to have a child is a deeply, actually not external at all. It's a deeply internal desire. Mm-hmm. And it's not actually about necessarily just what the, having the ch- the external representation, this other life form, that desire is incredibly irrational in mm-hmm. a rational world. Right. Um, the decision of a child comes from a deep internal place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people are willing to sacrifice relationships for it because that internal drive is so huge and we can label it. We can say that it's estrogen or it's a period in a woman's life but for me like those rational scientific explanations are irrelevant yeah. because ultimately what we're talking about is a deep internal drive and to me that deep internal drive is analogous to like the drive to be creative you know? mm-hmm. to be well, a actor is. to be it, a writer it is right to it's be the, a painter it's the creative process right you right plant a seed and right and there's grow. no for many people there is no greater creative act that they'll ever make in their life mm-hmm. than to have a child to make a make a life mm-hmm And so I think, I think of it as deeply internal, that desire. And even when, once the child is here, when you think about the bonding, it's an all internal, it's a totally internal experience. This is why in extreme cases, like, like when you see mothers breastfeeding for many, many years Mm -hmm. or co-sleeping for many, many years, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. One can ask the question, like, is that for the child or the parent? Right. And it's, I look at that and I look at it born out of deep internal desires and needs for connection. Yes. To oneself and other. And, you know, and so when we see the gender roles, not what we expect, Mm -hmm. I think part of the problem is like, we don't always expect a man to have that deep internal wild irrational creative desire to be a father and have a child. But I think for a main minority of men, it exists. Mm-hmm. It's just not the norm mm. in our and, cu- in our culture, in our culture, and our culture doesn't really know how to deal with it. Yeah. I also think that things might be changing.
1: I can think of third world countries where that seems to be a very prominent or even second world countries where that's a very prominent thing where men are want and or expect to start families. Right, certain,
0: and we get we, we don't know for sure if that's uh issue of pride and ego, like I want to build this big family yes. this family name, or is it more um I feel it's a spiritual calling I feel my this deep need for connection and creativity, and I express that self through having a child and to nurture the next generation as a connect as a form of connection and that's why when people give up relationships for this question i'm completely unsurprised because it's the drive is internal and it's so powerful
1: well the part that's coming up for me right now is this thing of of being conservative and i don't mean political but the the element of being conservative uh following the the generational lineage it's like well it's good enough for my dad well it's good enough for my mother so i'm going to repeat the cycle for, and I'm not saying that in a negative sense. I'm saying that just in all senses, negative and positive.
0: Are you feeling like it's done without reflection? Like it's just it's, it's it's a, what we do. It's a rite of passage. It's what we do. This is, this
1: is, now, now, now you're entering this phase of your life, and now you're going to enter this phase of your life. And it's just, I don't want to say repetition, but there's an expectation culturally, and that expectation permeates the, the person.
0: And so you question whether that with some people, whether it's just the cultural expectation. And I think it is for many people. Mm -hmm. This is what you do. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also some people when they um, Mm -hmm. are willing to sacrifice as much as someone who's willing to sacrifice the person they love to have a child or to sacrifice relationship. That is not that. That's not, I I don't think that's just ritual and expectation. I think that's something else that that's, an irrational thing and it comes on and we know it because it seems to come very quickly and very suddenly often when it comes.
1: Yes. I've noticed that with my, some of my male friends that all of a sudden wake up one day and they're like, okay, I'm ready to be a dad. Yeah.
0: It's like a light switch goes on. a light switch, And particularly, I I noticed in women too, a lot, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. particularly a woman who maybe had prioritized their career in their twenties and had, had had that experience and done well. And, but all of a sudden something happens and there's a sudden renewed charge mm-hmm. and there's this deep desire for, uh, this other creative aspect of their life, which is childbearing. I think that like, it may be shocking when we see couples and their relationship over this question. It is. Um, and sad to see from the outside. Because I think what maybe I wonder if this is what disturbs you. It suggests that uh this internal desire mm-hmm. is more important than anyone who I'm with romantically. Yes. And that's what's disturbing about it.
1: Yes, because then 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 I become just an interchangeable cog in the wheel of life. So you're just a sperm donor.
0: I'm just like, next.
1: <laughs> I'm like the okay, it didn't work out. Number thirty-seven. Number thirty-seven's not here anymore. Okay, number thirty-eight. Number 38, please. Oh, no, no, 38, 39,
0: yeah. I I guess in a sense we are all sperm donors. We are all numbers. Well, but just having the sense of conveyor belt, you know, That's I guess that's my... And it's hurtful in a way to think that yeah. someone, that one's replaceable. Yeah. I would argue, though, that there, it's not so much that one is replaceable. I think that someone understands that there are immense trade-offs. Like when you choose, when you give but, up a relationship or someone yeah. or you love, it's just that they want the other thing more. And...
1: Right. Oh, that only that only hurts more. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for bringing that one in, Adam. No, no. It's, no, like when it's you not like... that I don't love you. It's just that I love this more. Oh, okay. I feel better now.
0: It's like when you like chocolate sauce and <laughs> caramel sauce, but you like chocolate sauce more. <laughs> so you choose chocolate sauce. I see. I see. Uh, Some
1: people would say, well, have, have both, right? You know, it's like, well... And we talk about this because this is the ultimate cho- one of the ultimate choice points. It's a big choice point, and and it can't be an intellectual exercise. It has to be welling up from the inside of this passionate, hot, luscious arrrr, desire to blank whatever the blank is: have a child, start a family, uh, be the best boxer, be the
0: best. Yeah.
1: Catamaran.
0: Yeah, look, we live in an age captive. of reason. And mm-hmm. when we encounter behavior which is completely irrational, as often appears the desire to have a child, mm-hmm. we don't know often what to do with it, I think.
1: And that is at the core of most of our stories, which is somehow marrying, merging the rational and the irrational. So yeah. the male and the female, the sun and the moon. The yin and the yang, so that they can coexist together. It's uh, actually it's the ultimate. When you say when
0: you and uh, use the analogy of the male and the female to the rational and the irrational, Mm -hmm. you're talking.
1: Go ahead, open the door, Adam. (laughs) Don't be shy. I just want to
0: be clear in terms of our unsubscribe rate this week. (laughs) Um, You're talking sort of like archetypal energies, not genders and sex, right? Yes. Okay. Well,
1: that's why I followed it up with all the other, like, right, like I have
0: some female and male energy in me. Right? Absolutely, as, right. do, as do I. An imbalance, perhaps. We were supposed to talk about Rocky. Oh, after yeah, good show. point.
1: <laughs> Can we do that next week? No, right, we're doing uh, it this week. Okay, all right. Wow, you're tough,
0: man. Um, you got a lot of fire. I don't have a segue to go from irrational desires to have children to Rocky. Oh, wait, maybe a relationship? Yeah, because Rocky's really all about relationship. Relationship and <laughs> the external. Yes. yes. Okay, all here right. we're <laughs> going to talk about it. Okay. So. For Josh, it's, um, disturbing when couples part ways over one partner having the desire to have a child because the child is this external thing and the connection between them is deeply internal or Mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. So Rocky is a very interesting movie for those of you who haven't seen it. It won the best picture in 1977 and was an independent movie, but it's kind of looked at as this interesting case study because it's not your typical sports movie, Mm -hmm. uh, Often when asked the following question, people don't know the answer to this question. Did Rocky win the final fight in Rocky? Ooh, good question, Adam. So what's the answer? final bout. Yeah, what's the answer? The climax to the movie. Yeah, the last scene. Yes, what happened? So 90% of people answer this question like, yeah, Rocky won. That is not true. Rocky lost. Rocky lost. And um, I don't want to take credit for this. I want to give full credit to Lindsey Dorn who Josh and I saw speak at the Writers Guild. She's a very famous film producer and has talked a lot about um, positive psychology and how it interplays with the film world and has really studied this. But here's what's going on at the end of Rocky. Rocky loses the fight to Apollo Creed. And it's a very interesting final two minutes because he is almost completely uninterested what about it's a decision. So they're waiting for the decision from the ref. It's mm-hmm. been this brutal 15 round fight mm-hmm. and he's not focused at all on who want, whether he won the fight. He is calling out Adrian. He wants to see his love. Mm-hmm. He wants to share the moment with the woman he loves mm-hmm. In every other Rocky movie, Rocky, I believe wins the fight. Oh, those are all the ones that maybe people want to see, but no one remembers. Hmm. And the point is we were talking about this earlier and we're saying We remember and we care about stories where we see an um, internal emotional shift in a character Mm -hmm. and we relate to that shift Mm -hmm. We don't actually care about the external Mm -mm. We don't care about the external achievement and you know the I think some of the biggest proof of this recently is that And it's interesting because it's like what is taken seriously artistically but so like there were then like, I think f- Rocky five there are four more Rocky sequels. <laughs> yeah. I think he more or less wins all the fights, all sort of like set pieces, mm-hmm. tra- traditional sports movies, traditional sports movies that, you know, y- the hero wins at the end, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But a couple years ago, um, Creed comes out, which is a spinoff, which is about the son of Apollo Creed mm-hmm. who Rocky fights in Rocky one and loses two. And ultimately the storyline is Creed shows up again in sequels and he ends up getting killed Mm -hmm. in a in a famous fight Um, But what was so interesting to me about The spin-off Creed that did really well two years ago Was that the son of Apollo Creed who ends up fighting the final fight and his trainer becomes rocky? So it's about their relationship. Oh, wow. He he also loses the fight and and that movie got so much critical acclaim why? Because I think part of it was, again, it wasn't about the achievement. It wasn't about mm. whether he won or lost. It was about what change we saw in the character and what change we saw in the character's relationship with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, which brings us to the question, what was the internal shift in Rocky? And we've watched the last couple of minutes, and I feel like you're not sure there is one.
1: Well, there is one in the sense of, is that his... Okay, so in, in my experience of it was that... Rocky lost, but he
0: won. But he won. He won the love of right of, his, he, of Adrian.
1: Yeah, and he connected. He connected to the thing that was really uh, uh, that which was really important to him. So much so to the point where where he, his emotional life is. Uh, once the once he goes the distance, he goes the fifteen rounds, and they hug each other in the ring, or whatever you want to call that. And he's like, no, no split decision, you know, no rematch or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, from that moment on, and he's like, and the guy comes up and interviews him. He has w- nothing to do with the interviewer. He just wants to connect with Adrian. That's it. And then he doesn't. And then the movie actually climaxes with them hugging each other.
0: Right that's
1: pretty much it. So his his transformation is 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 going the distance but knowing what his real connection is. What would you what well, would you say? Well, I
0: think like within the larger context of that movie, which is also about an Italian-American kid from Philadelphia mm-hmm. who believes he you know he's nobody mm-hmm. becoming somebody, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit like some of the themes in Brando and On the Waterfront, mm-hmm. right? A little bit of this sort of masculinity I could have been a contender. Could have been a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that part of what happens, and it's it's this brutal, it's this third act is just this brutal fifteen round fight where you see these two people be very violent towards one another, and it's not. It's a very interesting thing because I feel like in some respect, the, what we're feeling emotionally is just that he made it there, and just that he showed up with his best self. And he did his personal best. And that's, I think, emotionally what we relate to a little bit. Like, like it's not about the accomplishment. It's about, did you show up with your best self? Okay. And when we feel that as an audience, we we don't care about the achievement. Okay, We but care he, about what he felt. But here's the thing
1: that he does do, which is really, now that we're talking about it, what he does is he goes the distance. Mm. Like, it wouldn't be the same ending if it went to round 12. Yes. And it wouldn't be the same distance... It wouldn't be the same uh, thing if they went fifteen rounds and there was no split decision.
0: Right, and the and the f- one of the final shots, and not the the final f- mm-hmm. um, ring shot, is him and Apollo Creed hugging each other. Yeah, sort of like they're not really hugging with their wrap, and it's yeah. almost like he has a place among great people, even if he lost. Yeah, you know, like he's part of the, he's part of this. He's proved to himself what he needed to prove.
1: Yes, and from a storytelling point of view it has to be it has to be right right on the margins because if there's a clear winner and a clear loser then it wouldn't it wouldn't right. it wouldn't be the same fulfillment yeah. and then, like you noticed at the last shot, there's a very obscure shot where it's a long thin shot of Apollo, and the rest of it is in dark because he's surrounded by all these people right so you yeah. just get a, a little thin shot of Apollo announcing that he won and he stands up and goes, "Yay." But it's not it's not representation of of what you would expect the, the winning shot l- person to look like look like.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, it was, it a was very the, the yeah very conscious decisions yes. along the way in terms of how they were viewing winning and losing in that mm-hmm. movie, which is why I think it resonated and why I think it you know came out of nowhere really mm-hmm. to win an Oscar yeah. in that period. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. it's kind of an unusual movie, very much so. Independent. I think Stallone wrote a lot of it, or mm-hmm. wrote it. So, if we're writing our stories at home and we're thinking about the journey of our main character, mm-hmm. and we're thinking about the external accomplishments, how what could we learn from Rocky?
1: Well, see, a lot of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about it goes back to choice points, which is and so there, there's two things. One is the writer, the writer's aspect. Which has the overview, and then there's the and then there's the characters, the characters' point of view. But a lot of it has to do with the decisions that the character makes, which is run through the mind of the of the writer, really, right? Because because the writer can make the character go in many directions. It would I would have to see the whole film to to get to the depth of this, but I would have to see what was the origin of of their relationship mm. to know what would need to be at the end scene for fulfillment
0: I would say also that everyone should just be very um clear in their head that the external accomplishment that your character gets can't be the total story oh so let's just start with some basics yeah that's that's it can't just be that second of all what is the it comes back to when you talk about where were they at the beginning and what's the initial setup Mm -hmm. uh What does the character actually want? So Mm -hmm. I might argue in Rocky, and I admittedly have not seen this movie in 20 years, and we just watched the last five minutes, but I think Rocky wants to almost make it out from where he's from and be taken seriously and to be loved by this woman and to feel like he deserves her. But there's a lot about feeling deserved and feeling like you're best, and I think he starts at a point where he doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. And there's this whole feeling of, you know, can I do it? You know, it's, what is the emotional journey of my character? Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about Rocky is they play that emotional journey against the external victory. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And you need both in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And it's not always like yes or no, black or white, win or lose. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like 500 Days of Summer ends on this very interesting note where Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Almost like after having his heart broken meets Minka Kelly while waiting in a job interview And there's this very sort of like charming cute scene and you have the sense of oh like he he's learned That he can love again Despite the fact you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're saying there's a thin margin. I think sometimes it's like Characters don't always get what they want, Mm -hmm. but they get the emotional change they need. Yes, and they also maybe get something else a little sweet
1: yeah do Do they begin again yeah do they is begin again? yeah or is it a cautionary tale of don't ever do this again
0: and to bring it back to like the top of the show let's say in this in this situation where the man wants the child and the woman doesn't
1: you know adam i gotta say that's like the art of storytelling what you just did just now yeah, you, you just you just wrapped it around so be- it was seamless too until i until i spoke it out jesus i'm so sorry please continue
0: <laughs> Let's say they're, you know, they're in this argument Mm -hmm. and then he finds out that his sperm doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So, right. So now we have a new choice, right? Right. Is Mm -hmm. he going to stay in a relationship? It's a a complication. Right. Now we have a complication. Yeah. Okay. And that complication is actually going to bring us deeper into him and clarify like that thing even further. Right. Is he going to leave and adopt a child by himself? You know, like it's like we're actually going to find out how deep that desire for a child is. Does he have a desire for a biological child or, you know, it's like, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, oh, that's but that's huge. Or is it just a desire to be a father? All these complications yes. are going to open up further what someone truly wants.
1: I'm going to say I'm going to say I know we use the word complication, but I'm going to say articulation because the articulation of, of that and that definement and redefinement is critical for knowing what story you're telling.
0: Similarly, right, exactly. And in Rocky, when he loses the fight, we redefine what he wants. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. We define what does the character we def- really right. want? Right. Mm-hmm. And seeing him go through the 15-round fight, we're like, oh, it's not about, he doesn't care about winning. He cares about competing and showing up in the best he can and being able to say to his his woman at the end, I love you. Mm-hmm.
1: And And it's best if we can discover that along the road. With the character, the character, so we're not ahead of the character because
0: that's no bueno describe drill down and tell me what you mean by ahead of the character.
1: like we don't want to be able to see that the character, oh I know the character's going to realize that that was a stupid idea to, to become the fastest you know runner on the planet and and uh, he's gonna you know he'll open his heart and then he'll he'll be happy with his with his right. wife We don't want to see like, it coming. Yeah, we don't want to see it coming. Yeah, we want to like we want to be on the ride. We want to be emotionally invested in the journey. I'm kind of
0: curious character. though, because I feel like the more stories I read, the more scripts I read, the more movies I see, it gets harder. Because I feel like yeah, of course, I know the options available. Yeah, and I can sort of start to sniff. Yeah, what's coming? Yeah. But I don't know that necessarily.
1: It doesn't take away the joy. It's not what. It's how. It's it's you know we talked about it before about how Romeo and Juliet is Romeo and Juliet. We always know how it ends, and yet we still go. Everyone knows how the Titanic ends, but yet yeah. we still go because we yeah, want to see sure. how they navigate. And that's and that's. But see, that's we get caught up. We get we people get ca- artists get caught up in what what's going on not how the character is right. navigating and the way you get into deeper into how is by keep going deeper into the 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 emotional journey of your character yeah and being really specific like what you just brought up does, does this guy want to be a biological father and it has to be
0: his right uh
1: what would you call it, semen donation? Does it, does it have to be
0: his child of is his genes? Is, yeah. it, is there a genetic internal drive that we're seeing? Yeah. Or, or is it just to be a father and a nurturer? Yes. A connection with any child? Like
1: but but you know just, you know, most people don't have that kind of specificity in terms of their writing, at least in their first or second right. draft.
0: Right, right, And that takes time. It takes time, takes time yeah. but you, you need to know. Yes. This has been Notes on Your Notes. I'm Adam Lesser. Uh email us with ideas for shows and questions. We find it incredibly helpful. Uh that's notes on your notes at gmail.com or leave a message for us 415-735-6095. And or you could also go to our Facebook page, like it and then ask a question in the forum and just say, "Hey, I would love to see a show about this question or I'd love your opinion on this story and what's going on with these characters." Uh we would love to to hear from you. And I'm
1: also super excited, Adam, that coming soon, later this summer or early fall, we're going to have that transformational um, uh, episode where we're going to have an interview with a writer and we're going to give them notes and they're going to come back and, and we're going to get to actually see progress in a story in real time as, uh, as um as the stories get better and better.
0: You're going to get to observe uh, actual story development from draft to draft, mm-hmm. from performance to performance. Mm-hmm. Particularly for those of you who missed the San Francisco show where we actually did it live. Uh, we took performers on stage and we you know, gave them notes and then had them redo small bits. So you actually got to see the change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably going to do more of that in class workshop types work in the future where you'll get to see that if that's of interest to you but we're going to do it for the show as well so stay tuned uh we love our listeners send us an email notes in your notes at gmail the music on the show is courtesy of kevin mcleod and the sound editing is great of me talk to you next week